When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. House of the Dragon Season 1, Episode 6, and Game of Thrones Season 1, Episode 6 are both over. But we're just getting started, pitting them against each other in the House of the Dragon versus Game of Thrones podcast here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wiggler, and I am, of course, joined, as always, by somebody who knows a thing or two about actual golden crowns. Not like the metal dead golden crowns that you would pour on somebody's head. Latanya Starks, Queen of the North. Latanya, welcome back. Hello. Hi. Um, welcome back to you. Yes. Uh, well, Sir, a, spelled a, S-E-R. A, a hearty thank you to Lord Michael of House Bloom uh, for <laughs> stepping in on the Versus pod last week. I didn't like how much fun you all had without me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, didn't well, appreciate that. He's created his own sigil and everything, so yeah. what am I supposed to do? I don't know. Um, I've created my own sigil, so I don't feel threatened in that regard, and yet my sigil is just like a sad little wombat with a hat, so I should maybe feel a little more threatened than I currently feel. No, you're good. Um, but I feel like I'm back on the other side of a 10-year jump forward through time. Have I changed, Latanya? You know what I think, just real quick about, yes, you have changed, but do you know what I think just real quick about Alicent, like 10 years? <laughs> sure. 10 yeah. years on. Okay. Top line take. Here we go. Alicent is that friend that you have in high school, but you grew apart because she slept with your dad. Oh, and yeah. And then, I, like, right, everyone has this. And then she starts dating your ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And the only thing they do all the time is talk about you. Like, they just talk shit about you all the time. That's yeah. literally the only thing they have in common. You know that friend, right, Josh? And they say that House of the Dragon isn't relatable. Yeah. You know? Come on. Come on, folks. Everyone uh, has that. Everyone has that friend. Well, I'll tell you what. You and I both have a friend who is here <laughs> waiting in the wings to join in the madness or run away before the podcast starts, depending on how they are feeling. But I am very excited to bring them on to the podcast. It's been far too long since they and I have shared a podcast mic together. It'd be pretty interesting if we were going to spend some more time on a podcast together in the not terribly distant future at least for now we head to the seven kingdoms they are leaving midgar behind for one week only to talk about westeros it is the legendary famous forever brooklyn zed one can only hope famous forever and not for sleeping with somebody's dad which i feel like is maybe how the context in which i was sort of introduced just no, now i was trying to say that you were <laughs> everybody a has a friend here's brooklyn zed <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we cannot confirm nor deny any kind of gossip that is going around the realm right now. A lot of hot rumors spreading around the realm as per House of the Dragon this week. Zed, welcome to the show. 
Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm all caught up. I watched this episode one and a half times because I got halfway through it and I had to stop for something. And I went back to it and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, reset, reset. Now, Uh, when you're saying this episode, you're talking about the Game of Thrones one or the House of the Dragon one? No, the House of the Dragon one. The Game of Thrones one, I dropped in without having watched the first five episodes in years. And I was like, no, I got it. I understand. Yeah. This one, I've been watching week to week and I think I'm still lost. Yeah, I think it. Well, what was your experience with Game of Thrones? Was it like that when you were watching Game of Thrones the first time around? Like, was it was there like a moment where you're deeper in season one and it all starts to click? Or did you feel like Game of Thrones had an easier point of entry than House of the Dragon has so far? Uh, I think I had read the books. I started reading the books when the show came out because it was such a big deal. And uh, stage context. combat people were like swords. Um, and I actually <laughs> did the scene from this episode of Game of Thrones for a fight test, the Arya and Sirio fight. Oh, um, oh, wow. So this was like a full circle moment for me. This is how I was introduced to the show was this scene before I'd ever watched it. Um, but Game of Thrones, I guess, made more sense to me because I had read the books and I had all the background knowledge and I'd spent time with these characters before being introduced to the show. Uh, I have not read uh, the book that this show is that House of the Dragon is based on. So I am going purely in as a viewer of the television product. And I felt like I understood the first five episodes pretty straightforwardly. Yeah, I think because also there was maybe not a ton happening. Um, sure. And then it's this episode less, right? was like, here's yeah. a lot of things. And I don't understand all the motivations of, of all of the events that occurred. Yeah, I mean, I think the 10 year catapulting into the future has been a a lot for a lot of people. uh, And definitely it feels like the story is bursting at the seams. I want to talk about that first, just to set up Zed a little bit more. You so casually mentioned your stage combat experience, but uh, why don't you give that background for the folks who were just meeting you here in the Game of Thrones feed? Hello. Uh, Yeah, I have been. Hi. Hi. Uh, I've been training as an actor combatant, someone who does stage combat with uh, real metal swords that are not sharp uh, for about 12 years now. Um, and so when this show started, I believe in 2013, when Game of Thrones started, I think it was 2013 or 2011, so. I say. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. In that neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was exciting for folks who had been doing the same fight scenes over and over again for their skill tests to have new sword things to do. Uh, and so my partner for the test was like, we should do this scene from Game of Thrones. And I was like, okay. And we did it. And I liked it. And I was like, all right, everybody's talking about this show. I'm going to read the books because that's where I start with things. And then I'll watch the show. Um, and I caught up with Game of Thrones. I was in it for the first, I think I fell off somewhere in like the middle of season four. Yep. Um, which I think is where a lot of people got upset. And I was a couple episodes behind. And I was like, you know what? If everybody's upset, maybe I'm good. Uh, and then I made the mistake of catching back up before the final season and watching the final season live. So, <laughs> you know, mi- sometimes we make mistakes. Not such a mistake because here you are right now. Here I am. Now, Latanya, what do you remember which scene from Game of Thrones you used for your sword test? <laughs> <laughs> we all have that uh, friend. Yeah, we all have that friend. I probably used the one between Arya and... Uh, uh, Gwendolyn Christie's character. Oh, Brienne. Brienne. Okay. Yeah, that one didn't exist yet when I was doing this fight. Yeah, it was that long ago. But I have seen that one done as well. I also did the one with um uh with Jory with her sparring partner uh down by the river. 
Um, yeah, Game of Thrones is great for that. I don't think they show fights the best mm-hmm. on screen. I think they cut around a lot and make it really hard for people who are trying to understand what's happening mechanically sure. to follow. Um, but it is great. Uh, it gives you good stakes for for meaty acting work, which is great. Yeah. We picked a really good episode to bring Zed on for LT, at least as far as Game of Thrones goes, because we have like the big trial by combat. Yeah. Just like, let's just do the really quick top down version just so that we make sure that we talked about the episode of Game of Thrones that we're talking about in addition <laughs> to House of the Dragon. We assume that you all know what happened on House of the Dragon this week. There's three additional podcasts that precede this one in the feed all about episode six. So we're just taking it that you know uh, what's going on. We're going to talk about all of that as well. On Game of Thrones, uh, Ned Stark wakes up having been stabbed in the leg and all of his posse has been wiped down. He should probably get out of town and he's Mm -hmm. thinking about getting out of town. But instead, he is finding out that uh, he uh, has has to take on like the the role of basically hand of the king, like at large, like he has to like sit on the throne. He's making the call about Gregor Clegane and how he should be arrested and executed. And he's persona non grata. And then before he is able to send his kids off to Winterfell, he finds out via Sansa, who's had like a date with Joffrey that apparently went well. Joffrey on his best behavior in this episode, maybe ever. Uh, he's like, wait, golden hair. Oh, shit. He's a bastard. Oh, God. He's a Lannister child. Uh, so that's what he is left with, and that's what's going to take us into his story next week. Meanwhile, in the Vale, Tyrion is able to convince everybody to let him do a trial by combat. Uh, Sweet Robin excited to make the bad man fly. The bad man does not fly. The honorable man does because Bronn bests him in a trial by combat. Um, in Winterfell, we get Osha on the show finally as Bran is uh, saved, I guess, uh, by the combo platter of Rob and Theon. And Osha is here. That's cool. Uh, and then in Bias Dothrak, finally, Viserys Targaryen dead. And maybe I would love to know from everybody. Is it a shock that this Viserys Targaryen is dead before the House before. of the Dragon Viserys Targaryen? Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I now have to take back all the predictions I made about how they would die in the same episode because while Viserys Targaryen, the king, did look dead in this week's episode, he was not a dead. Yeah. No. We did get a death by fire, yeah. uh, but it is not... A not couple. of the person we got that a we expected by fire. Oh, that's there- true. I was specifically thinking at the uh, end of the episode, this iconic dragon fire moment that we mm-hmm. get. Yes, uh, and seeing the parallels there with uh, Viserys's gold crown. There's but- like the the fire cannot kill a dragon, then like yeah. the dragons like hold my Such beer. Such a good line. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. It is. I mean, that's Game of Thrones dialogue still just like rocks. It really it does. does. House of the Dragon had some killer lines this week, but the endings again, like, you know, we're going to get into it. Uh, like, it's just like the endings of these shows of Game of Thrones versus House of the Dragon. It's just it's not terribly competitive for no. me. No. I know that you gave it to House of the Dragon last week, but I think it's probably going to go back to Game of Thrones this week. There was a lot happening last week. Uh, t- toward the very end of the episode that yes. just edged it, edged it over. But yeah, for this week, we'll see. But um, I love yeah, that you're I trying mean, to create the illusion of suspense it, there. As if I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it's good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what? We don't want to spoil the end of the podcast? You're no, 10 minutes in? No. 
What if someone's what? got another podcast they got to listen to? We the don't want to just tell them right now so they have I the spoiler. Have. Let me have the illusion. Okay, you can have the illusion. Thank you. I think the challenge, though, with the great end of the last episode of House of the Dragon is that all of that tension gets dissipated in a really big way by a 10-year time jump because sure. it looks like they're yeah. on the precipice of some major drama, except 10 years from now, everybody's still alive and things are more or less fine. So you think that that's flawed, not a feature? Because I think it's kind of feature, not a bug. I'm really curious, LT, your take on how the time jump is hitting with you because I know that you've had a lot of thoughts about this episode. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this episode. And I think that of the people who were looking forward to the time jump because of the actors that were going to be brought in. I was probably the like number one person who was, who you know, at post-show recaps anyway, who was saying, bring on the time jump. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize how jarring it would be, um, especially when it comes to Allison's story. Because while I do think they do a good job in the first five episodes of seeding why we would potentially root for Alicent and all the terrible, terrible things that she's had to endure. The we were in no way prepared for the Alicent that we got in in episode six. Whereas I feel like the Renera that we got in episode six follow, was a little bit closer to the Renera that we knew in the first five episodes. Like kept on that trajectory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Allison of House of the Dragon episode six is the Allison of House of the Dragon episode five, right? You know, and so like that was a big surprise in episode five of House of the Dragon is that Allison is like, all right, forget Rhaenyra forever. Uh, infamous forever, Millie Alcock. Uh, Allison wears the battle dress out to the to the wedding. She's wearing the green. She's like, it's time for war. I'm done with this. So that's like carrying over, but that was a big climactic build. And to now have another actor carrying that forward, does that feel it's somewhat not, unrecognizable? It's not even the other actor. Like, and I love Olivia Cook in this role. It's not even that. It's just what had to have happened. We saw the green lighting of the ba- banner by wearing the dress. I get all of that subtext, but like, some stuff had to go down in those interceding 10 years for Alicent to be as vicious as she has become. Yeah. You know, like we, we get that she maybe had the beginnings of that in her and we see it a little bit in episode five of house of the dragon when she uh, calls Renera stepdaughter for the first time, but that's a big personality jump in my opinion like just putting on a dress and calling someone stepdaughter is a pretty big personality jump from I would like to see the baby immediately. And also maybe if you keep trying, you'll get one that looks like you. And also everyone who is not us is an enemy. Um, uh, Olivia Cook as Allison Hightower shaking hands with Werner Herzog. I would like to, <laughs> like see, to the see the baby. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Zed, so time jump missing you or you connecting like were you once you went through the first half of the episode and then you went back and you watched it again, did you feel like you were locking into it a little bit more or are you feeling like a little rudderless at this point in the show? So the time jump is not really what has been the issue for me. Um, I connected with the new actors. I think they're both great. Uh, the issue for me has more been that the, what has happened in those 10 years to get us to the place that we are in now? Um, why, why were people set on fire? Why were people's <laughs> tongues cut out? I don't know. 
Got and it. And as I told you, I did watch the first half of this episode, come back to it and start over because I did not know what was going on. And I was like, okay, I'm paying attention. I'm still lost as to why people's tongues got cut out and to why. Well, this is an issue. Here's an issue about this because, you know, my first read, I didn't actually have much of an issue with the tongues getting cut off. Mm-hmm. And I'll just let that sentence lie for a second before <laughs> I carry forward. I'm with you, Josh. I'm you wondering know? what you're going to say you do have a problem with. And if I it's think you, the same I, thing. I suspect you know. Um, yeah. So I'm going to cut your tongues out so you can't tell on me. You know, I, like, sure. I don't want you to tattle. I don't want you to tattle that it was me. I don't want you to be able to tell anyone that I did it. Okay, so tongues are off. And then I think it was Mike in the Discord uh, called this to Grace's attention. And I caught wind of it. And there were questions about like the little bumblebee insignias that he's mm. putting on everyone's coats. Yes. And uh, that's like, is he trying to frame Lord Beesbury of the small council? Because Lord There was Beesbury- a very like meaningful shot of one of these little pins yes. and i was like yes am i supposed to know what that means well yeah so lord beesbury i was like oh you're gonna set up poor lord beesbury yeah. like i don't know how that got there Beesbury doesn't know what's happening in beesbury small council is lucky to be in the room uh it's not that i wasn't even sure you were talking about a real person we are we are okay. they're characters on television it's actually not television it's well HBO. okay sure but uh the... I was like, Beesbury sounds like somebody you would make up based no, on... No, Beesbury's real. Dragon fruit. Real. House of the Dragon Fruit. Um, so the the Bumblebee, Latinus, so we're on the same vein here. Yes. So it's, it's, it's Laris. It's like a honeycomb, it's, right? It's, it's, it's Laris' like, sigil. Yeah, it's like Laris' like, you know, calling card. He's like created a calling card for himself. And so everybody's wearing like the, the, the little Laris pin to show your loyalty to Laris Clubfoot cool that's dope as hell i'm psyched to have a pin yeah (laughs) but why did you cut my tongue off if now i'm just wearing the pin that connects me to you wouldn't it have been easier if i'd be able to talk to you Uh if you were just gonna set me up with something readily identifiable when i get arrested for burning your dad and your brother to death so Um, that's (laughs) where you miss me that's right yeah yes that made negative sense yeah um and as and you were probably also confused, Zed, by Allison's response to all this, being like, "But oh no, I never, I never thought <laughs> I didn't, I didn't you ask know. you to do this." <laughs> yeah, and also just like, well, if you've known Laris for ten years, you two are so intimate with one another that he's waiting for you in your chambers, already drinking your wine and eating your pie and phrasing. Everybody and- has that friend. <laughs> Everyone has Everybody that friend. Everybody has that friend. Um, and. And yet you didn't think that he wouldn't take the first opportunity that he could to kill the other people who were heirs to House Harrenhal? What are you saying about? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think that the... I think that the, the arrival of Lord Laris was pretty ferocious, right? Like, I feel yes. like Laris showing up on the show, like, we've, we've come a long way from him eating biscuits in a tent. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, we, we, we're now burning family members to death to take their house and to install your friend's dad back into the realm. Like, these are yeah. extreme measures that are being taken. And some of the details, some of the granularities, maybe miss me with. Overall, the vibe, I think, is pretty dope. (laughs) 
So th- this is this is a dope vibe for you, Josh. Yeah, I think so. I think it's that uh, I'm pretty sweet. I am firmly attaching myself to the contingent of people. Like, I need a little finger. I need someone who's just like sort of yeah. like sure. nakedly crazy. You know, like yeah. someone who's just like gonna do some shenanigans, and I can count on them to be totally untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. I warned you not to trust me. He didn't say that, but he did just kill his dad he and his brother, who he that. did not seem to have any problem with. Not a uh, problem yeah. at all, from what we saw last episode. They were talking about house high tower and it's green light yeah you know? like, there's like no backstory to like did he have a problem with them doesn't okay seem like it. Doesn't thank seem you like it. it doesn't seem like it and but I, I get what you I mean that's the point yeah that's the point is that he could and will flip on a dime and then he will essentially warn you after he has murdered Done his it. family that you owe him yeah <laughs> because well, you know I yeah. just killed All my right. family for you. But it, it makes... Yeah, you're this right. This is what you wanted. Exactly. No. You're right in that yeah. it's not really seeded that he'd have any issues with his father or his brother that would cause him to go yeah. literal scorched earth using people whose tongues he cut out, but yet whose pin- he gave pins to... Yeah. To Gosh, who could have cut your tongue out? Yeah. Weird. Also, anyone. I'm you know, down with this kind can, of character. They can still point. <laughs> yes and maybe right it's possible don't remind the lord confessor that he could do more things to these poor people i know mm-hmm. i was th- i was literally thinking about that and i was like but then wouldn't you have to also if the goal is not being able to communicate you know his guilt and i guessed i inferred that much um even if i didn't understand why they would know that he did it uh, I was like, but then wouldn't you also have to, you know, chop off their dominant hands so that no, they can't just write a message? Them. You just kill any witnesses. That is 101 murder. Yeah. Maybe the pin was to lull them into a false, <laughs> false sense of security. security. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, you're like I'm going to take your tongues, obviously, right? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, but I'm going to give you a pin because you're part of the Clubfoot Club. Uh, you're in. You're Club Laris Club. Part of Clubfoot? Yeah, you're in. You're That's in. Good. That's obviously good. Obviously, you're Clubfoot. in. I gave you a pin. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, well, to cut our tongues out and we'll go do the thing. And so they go and do the thing and they come back and say, like, ah, just kidding. And he takes the pins and he kills them. Yep. Yeah. It feels fun. like the move. It Could happen fun. next week. We don't know. Yeah. We have no idea. We're getting close to finding out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what else from the time jump as it pertains to to Game of Thrones? Any con- a lot of connectors this week. I actually yeah. thought we get into uh, like the the genetics being the big deal, like the identifier mm-hmm. of uh, of Joffrey Baratheon and the kids. And then there's all the issues with Rhaenyra and Laenor's children and how they're Harwin's kids too. Uh, a lot going on there, LT. Can I just say that the genetics of a Song of Ice and Fire and its collect, like, you know, other books make no sense. Yeah. Someone, no sense Someone mapped this out of, like, who has the most dominant hair? I just don't know where <laughs> to find it. That's the thing. Well, yeah. it's the thing is that it depends for the basis of the plot. Because if that weren't the case, then Jon Snow would have blonde hair. But his mother wasn't Targaryen, so he took hair after his mother. But, I like, in this case, Jace and Luke who are Rhaenyra's boys, uh, two of them anyway, and now little Joffrey, that poor kid. Baby Joffrey, forever unclean. (laughs) Seriously. Like, they all have brown hair, even though their mother has the dominant 
speech. Like I don't. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. But then Allison's children have are, the Targaryen hair. Could not look more different than their nephews if they tried. Yeah. yeah. And maybe just you know they, his last name was strong. <laughs> the, the genes they strong. The seed is strong. Seed is Isn't strong. that what they say? They, that is what they say. It is really funny that. Um, we are mad at Alicent for doing exactly what Ned is doing. Yeah. Um, I that's all I have to say about it. I don't have a deep, you know, read into it. But we're well, mad at we, Alicent for doing exactly what Ned. Are is we? Doing. Are we mad at Alicent? Is a question that I have for the room. Um, do you <laughs> feel like this episode? made you feel particularly one way over the other as far as Rhaenyra versus Allison? Or do you think that the show is keeping something of an argument alive where you could si side with either one? Zed, I wonder if you felt like more pulled toward one uh, over the other of the new adults, uh, Rhaenyra and Allison. I think I sympathize with both of them. And the major sort of vibe I have gotten over the course of six episodes is that both of these women have been put in incredibly difficult positions that are not entirely within their own control, despite, despite and because of the positions of power that they hold. Um, and while they are at odds with each other, they are the two characters that I am invested in and rooting for don't care about just about anybody else. Although I loved Lady Lena this episode uh i think you and you and rob said on the podcast like i wish we'd gotten more yeah. of her before this episode and i agree because all of a sudden she became so important only for us to lose her at the end of the episode and you know why that is in my opinion it's because the black people on the show are i was decorative. gonna say because she's black they're, mm. they're decorative like yeah it's upsetting a little bit um I would love to see the intervening 10 years where this woman captures a dragon that only like kings have flown on. She it's the largest so dragon. Bad. Right? She's she sounds cool. amazing. Yeah. She she definitely gets the award for 2022's most metal death, taken away from <laughs> Stranger Things. Like obviously hers is, is it the, the most, most is it the most metal death of the two uh episodes of the Game of Thrones franchise we're discussing today, oh. considering oh. this is the <laughs> one in which metal. Viserys yeah. Targaryen uh of the Game of Thrones area gets licked liquid metal poured upon his brain that's pretty metal and a neck and neck head and head yeah, competition yeah. it is tough. a death to death competition it's tough not to derail you i think it's important to note here that i don't believe rhaenyra ever did anything wrong to allison yeah no uh, she, so it's that, not her fault right so like a lie of omission is one thing she did not tell allison that she had slept with um Sir Kristen. Sir Kristen Cole. Right? But this turned that into is... the biggest douchebag. I <laughs> know he's uh, the worst. I'm I'm just I cannot stress enough how satisfied worst. I am that now everyone sees him how I see him. because uh, <laughs> the first several episodes of this show they're like, what are you doing with Kristen Cole? Why are you making him like a nice, sympathetic guy? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, cool. We all got it now. Great. Sounds good. Yeah. They did a really good job of making an incel. Yes. Um, 
you know? Yeah. But that's an incel what, sword? An incel sword. Uh, but it's but, also kind of his own fault that he ended up that way. It's definitely his own yeah, fault. It tends to be how it works out for the incels. But yeah, like, Alicent asked if she had slept with Damon. And while she said he never put a hand on me, that's not technically true, but she did not sleep with Damon. No. she It was impossible um, because of Damon. <laughs> So I don't understand why Allison is just so is wilding out here. Like she didn't do anything wrong to you. Yeah. Maybe it's like a shame thing of uh, I trusted you and I did that lie of omission may be small from you and not really anything that Rhaenyra did wrong. But what Allison did with that assumption yeah. that she made, she went had full huge, amazing Amy with it. She had, it had huge repercussions because her father gets fired and she's now stranded. And for what? For someone who wasn't totally honest with her and the like the the lasting legacy of Otto Hightower on his way out of the job was like, she's coming for you. She's going to kill you someday. You got to steal yourself for that or beg for her mercy. And so the the like the immediate consequences of him leaving are her or Allison finding out she didn't tell me the full truth, which means she doesn't trust me all the way, which means I got to make my choice. And my choice is I'm out on Rhaenyra forever. Right. Yeah. It's just there. If they were allies, it would make so much more sense and would alleviate the Rhaenyra is going to murder my children thing. Yeah. And that's so often true in life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Rhaenyra with like anybody. And it's just like, if we were <laughs> allies instead, everybody would be better off. We wouldn't be fighting. We would be stronger together. Here's where I throw in my little, you know, socialist moment of the podcast. Do we not need like one common enemy, like a single Joffrey? Like a, a, the world yeah. against one would be sure. fine, right? Sure. And then yeah. it kind of becomes like a where in the world is Carmen Sandiego thing where we're just looking for that one hidden Joffrey. Hidden Joffrey. Hidden sure. Joffrey sounds like a good show. Hidden Joffrey appeared yeah. Uh, yeah. this episode. Um, yeah, immediately. Immediately. Um, Do either speak- of you have thoughts on Hidden Joffrey? I assume that you're talking about Prince Aegon. What? No. Oh, you're talking no. about actual Joffrey. <laughs> No, we're talking about the baby that was yeah. born this episode. Joffrey. You don't think Prince Aegon is a secret hidden Joffrey? I mean, he is fulfilling the role, I think, that Joffrey perhaps filled on the original Game of Thrones he of might being be like a little shit. In. He might turn into, I, I can see how the combination of him being named Aegon and being, you know, the first, uh, the oldest son of Viserys. And his mother's tutelage, which happens at a very inconvenient time. Mm. Um, Absolutely wild scene, by the way. <laughs> what? Why? Why? Why are you standing in the the open window, about to just fall out of this building? Okay, first of all, so this is the first. So obviously, like the why, the answers are like because it's Game of Thrones, it's HBO. Let's sure. shock and awe you. Uh, and then the other one is it's a metaphor. This is him. He's supposed to be the one that everyone thinks should be the king. And this is how he treats everybody. Like, you know, that works for me. This, what you're raising, the why, is a safety concern, which I have yet to hear from anybody else, which I appreciate. <laughs> that is a, shouldn't he be like a, a harness? Choice. Yeah, I know. That's just very a bad nice. choice. It's a terrible choice. Like a uh, rope that ties back to the bed or something okay, in case okay. he falls. Wow. 
the uh, engineering side of you really just coming out here. I have problems with the structural integrity of this man's private moment. <laughs> a sentence I don't think anyone has ever said in history going I'm back to I'm trying to, to keep it original on what will be my third House of the Dragon podcast of the week, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goodness. Um, yeah, I, I think he's... This is the thing is I don't think he that cares that much. He doesn't want to be the king. He wants to just like live his life, be a kid, do what he's doing, you know, give his cousin a hard time or his brother. His nephew uh, I've lost track. and his brother. Yeah, one of those people he's related to that's younger than him. Um, and it is only it is only Alicent who is concerned about making him king because also Viserys is like, no, Rhaenyra is going to be queen. That got decided 15 years ago. We're done. Right. Mm-hmm. but we're not clearly yeah. we're clearly not done we got a show to make <laughs> she, is, she is a woman against the world here she's like why doesn't anybody else see what I see that these kids are not uh, are, are bastards and why are people not on my side of making Aegon the king why won't my husband do anything to stand up for our family you know, he's just like, no, Rhaenyra's the best, and she's going to be the queen, and she's fine. And sometimes kids just have dark hair, and the stallion metaphor. <laughs> and... Yes, I'm well, sure. A lot of stallions across both shows this week. The stallion that shall mount the, the world. world. Was that yeah. the stallion Viserys was talking about? Maybe. Yeah. In the future, yeah. Um, He's a dreamer. He, well, his daughter is. That's for sure. <laughs> Seems seems like there might be something there. Helena, yes. not um, Rhaenyra. Yes. But yeah, there's something going on with Helena, and it's not just bugs. Yeah. What did you think of the new generation of kids, LaTanya? Uh, do you have any compares, contrasts to the Game of Thrones generation of kids that we're dealing with here? Whether it's in this episode specifically across mm-hmm. the two episodes that you found some commonality or just generally? Yeah, so it's the same kind of purpose is when we get introduced it's just we get introduced to the kids way sooner in episode one of game of of thrones we get episode uh, introduced to all of the little starks kids stark kids and then all of the little um cersei and jamie's kids ostensibly baratheons but they're baratheons right um baranisters Exactly. Bannisters? Bannisters. Yes, that would be closer and faster <laughs> and, and an object that makes more sense. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, um, we're also just seeing some real generational trauma <laughs> just going rolling through on both sides. I mean, that's what GOT could stand for, generations of trauma. Mm. That's, that's very true, and I would like to talk more about that in our newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> subscribe to our Substack. Um, but yeah, so just seeing, you know, comparing the, you know, brand, you've got to like keep your bow arm this or, you know, whatever father's watching, uh, to the kids before they have that ridiculous sadistic fight, uh, sequence that they have to have because of, um, who's training them later. Um, but yeah, just, it's cool to see the Targaryen kids, get trained like how have how to train a dragon time <laughs> because that's that's something that Daenerys just had to figure out you know yeah on her own <laughs> she had because no there idea. were no more right there were, no there were just dragons 
Um, and it's just really cool that we see kind of these, you know, bedraggled, like clearly have had some run-ins with the dragons, Valerian speaking people, teaching these children what to do, and then kind of pranking each other is both cruel, but like cute that they think of themselves all, they're all around the same age, you know. If the stakes weren't so high and if right. like the, like the, 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 the stakes hadn't been so like browbeaten into them by yes. their predecessors, like you can imagine they would have like a, a happy Rosh Hashanah dinner together. Exactly. You know, like they'd be like thrilled to be hanging out while the adults are talking about important stuff at the table. Yes. You know, they're running around the house. Exactly. Um, but and that's not the that's deal. Not what, that's what Viserys wants. That That's what he thinks is happening. But Sir Kristen Cole uh rears his ugly little head to throw that off so yeah i mean it's it it's interesting i think that the game of thrones children are way more centered in the story uh from the beginning and we get a better idea of their personalities and more ideas of their staying power whereas this is just kind of of a collection of dudes and helena Mm. you know yeah, <laughs> a collection of dudes is a great name for one of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire books. Yeah, a collection of dudes writing nothing but scenes about childbirth is yeah. a good Seriously. alternate name. Work. Can we just stop? No more children. No oh, more. so they shouldn't have any more. No, mo- no one should have any more children. Um, we did a 10-year time jump just to watch more children. <laughs> more childbirth. Born. We couldn't have jumped to like a few days later. On the other side of the children already being Even born. 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We had to, we had to 10 years time jump. Did the DeLorean birth. get it wrong? Did we like punch in the wrong date and time? Uh, yeah, it's just the wrong time for yeah, sure. We were off by a few minutes. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. What are you going to do? It just, it it's just awful that uh, they've, they have this whole theme for this show that for the women of the show, the birthing bed is their battlefield. And that's just patently false to the world of A Song of Ice and Fire because didn't Aegon capture the the six of the seven kingdoms with his sister wives? Yes. Like on Dragonback. Mm -hmm. So women actually have been in battle and we've seen them battle plenty of times. So stop it with this whole... The birthing bed is where we do our battle and we we have to experience how visceral birth is, even down to the sound. Stop it. It's ridiculous and it reduces all people who are capable of having children into just the organ through which the baby is pushed. Stop it. Yeah. Completely. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. About- no, I'm 100% with you. Um, Zed talk. I texted Josh after the <laughs> after the first episode and I was like, "Yeah, that that C-section scene, I almost stopped watching." Yep. I was like, yep. "I don't this is like one of the most uncomfortable things I have ever watched on television and I don't need to be a part of it." Yeah. Um and but sign me up for episode back- 6. Yes. Oh. <laughs> But, but hey, hello, first. here that we are. Was, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. No more. No yeah. more. There's so many other things to talk about. Um, yeah. And I think that's something that I did really like in this episode is that people were in more places. And so there were more moving pieces in different parts of the world to talk about, which is also similar to this episode of Game of Thrones. I mean, kind of every episode of Game of Thrones. But here, as you outlined the at the top between of the episode. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of different members of families in different 
areas of the realm. And we get that here with, do we want to stay? Is it in Pentos? Is that where they are? Um, And, and rule from, and have our power here or lack thereof, like how nice would it be to not have responsibility? Um, And I think we're finally seeing some different motivations from characters besides just every single person wants to have the crown or be influencing the crown. And I think we got a lot of that in the first half of the season. And that's part of why it was not particularly engaging to me. It's like everybody's motivation is the same. They all want to be in charge. Um, But not everybody wants to be in charge. Some people want to be whispering in the ear of the person in charge. Mm -hmm. Some people just want to have a lot of money and mind their own business. And living in this world makes that a challenge. Um, But I think we're starting to see a diversification of motives and interests after the time jump that I felt was lacking beforehand. That's interesting. Mm. That's interesting. Um, I think the rare occasion where I'm going to say, like, I think to some degree, Prince Damon had it right. It was like, yeah, I just want to retire here and not deal with any of that anymore. I think I'm good it's understandable. over here. It's yeah. very understandable. He'd taken yeah. a lot of L's. Yeah. Do you guys know how many L's I took? Like, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good in Pentos forever. Uh, can we talk about some of the combat in these two episodes? Yeah. There's not a ton in House of the Dragon this week, right? Like there's the courtyard fight. There's basically scene. a training scene, which is is like directly mirroring uh the training scene that Arya has. It's like, yeah. oh look, the wooden swords are back. So having performed the Arya scene uh previously in your life, how do you feel like it stacks up against the House of the Dragon training scene? Any thoughts on on this one, Zed? Um well I will say what do we say to the God of Death not today, I feel like is an <laughs> iconic line from Game of Thrones. And I don't think we got something of that level of significance in this scene. Um, but it was but I think they're both great character development moments for their respective characters. We see Arya growing up a bit in that scene with Sirio and that bond deepening, which will come to matter later. Um, we see this sort of rivalry between Harwin and Sir Harwin and Sir Kristen and the relationships between the cousin, sibling, nephew, brothers, um, <laughs> and the and the, the different yeah. yeah, the family. Ne- nephews and uncles. It's the family. The Targaryens uh, adjacent. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's really valuable to have those moments of of motivation, even if in the House of the Dragon scene, I feel like that was more for the adults than the kids. Whereas in the in the scene with Arya and Sirio, we definitely get um, character development for Arya herself. Yeah, yeah. How about the fight in the veil? I really oh, we love it. We love to see it, right? Oh, so good. Um, You know, it's any scene with Tyrion is generally great to begin with. What an incredible character! And I don't feel like we have anything equivalent to him in House of the Dragon. Uh, But to call for trial by combat, to be laughed at by this entire room of people, um, for him to call for his brother, and then to be like, no, we're not waiting that long. You want trial by combat? We're doing it now, today. We're not waiting weeks. Uh, and then Bron and then, being the smartest person in the room, like, right. oh, I could for sure I like kill money. any of these people. Yeah, no, yeah. Like money. <laughs> One of my favorite characters. I love him. Yeah. Uh, this is where the two of them start to team up. And it is like the beginning of an incredible, like, friend, frenemy ship throughout the course of the series. 
that I adore. And so, you know, I think you kind of know that, that Tyrion's going to make it through this. So Bronn's going to win. Uh, but there is that moment of have mercy before he shoves the sword into his neck and kicks him out the moon door. Right, right. Uh, LT, I think I really loved revisiting the scene in the veil from Game of Thrones this week. My mm-hmm. only issue with it when Tyrion is able to buy Bronn's loyalty is that he doesn't then have him like get down on the ground and stick his tongue out so Tyrion can <laughs> lop it off and like really keep him closer uh, as one of his guys moving forward. Well, Tyrion didn't have any pins with him. Uh, yeah. So there would have been no That's a season way. two deal. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tyrion needs someone to have witty repartee with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe Tyrion's thing would be, I'll give you like, I'll give you more tongues. Do you want more tongues? <laughs> like, will that help you talk more? I don't know if that's biologically how it works. Uh, no, no one knew how anything know. worked biologically then. So it's true, I'm, you know. Other mm-hmm. than, hey, if we cut the woman open, she'll <laughs> die, but you might have a kid. Yeah, that seems to be the one thing they biologically know. They know that for they a fact. They know that. Yeah, know that. They got that. Oh, I don't know leeches. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Leeches have, always bring him such comfort. They have kept King Viserys alive all this time. Latanya. He's just been deteriorating aggressively for <sighs> aggressive, like aggressive 20 deterioration. Years. And, and it, 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 looks, is it building to something? It has to be. Right? It, he looks like Father Time. Got like ah, Mother got Earth like... and Father Time. <laughs> yeah, but like Father Time lost a battle. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like oh, went man. against Thanos and lost or something. Like it's just, it's you know, we see that he's lost a, a limb. He has an arm that's uh, missing. Um, he, I don't know why they continue the farce of his hair. Like that's I just think that they need to stop that. And- but I also thought about Patty Considine bald, and that made me laugh really hard too. So I think he would just look so silly. He doesn't look he would- great right now. Yeah, no, he no. looks gross. But yeah. I think if he just had a shiny bald head, I would just laugh every time. But it I wouldn't mean, be yeah. shiny. I don't think it would be liver spotted and yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We're not, like, all the way there with Robert right now, right? Like, that's going to come next week. Very it's a, You know, where yeah. where he's he's on the hunt right now. He's going to he's gonna technically make it back, but not for long. And so we're going to see, like, that physical cost of being the king at that point in time. But we've had these moments of, like, uh, he's just grown fat and angry or whatever, you know, like, send me the breastplate stretcher or whatever it is that he had Lancel go off and run and had, it's not a thing that exists. Um, I think that the way in which the show has uh, demonstrated like the physical cost, it's like, it, it really is like the picture of the president at the start of the term versus the last day of the mm-hmm. term on like a, enormous levels of steroids. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with, with Viserys. So, I mean, like, is there a point of what it's building to narratively that I won't, I wouldn't want to get into, but I think like, is there a point in terms of it thematically, like pretty clearly. And it's like for Rainier and Allison, it's like, this is what you want. You want this. This is the life that you're like so angrily like fighting for is to like get on the Iron Throne and maybe look like that. Yeah. That's what you want for your children. Right. 
you know. There was that um, line earlier in the series, Latanya, where out where Otto's like, "Oh, your son would be a great king. Don't you want that?" And Allison says, "What mother wouldn't?" And I'm like, "I hope a lot of mothers yeah. wouldn't want this for their kids." Yeah, you would hope, but like, I think that Allison is a stage parent, so she, <laughs> she's probably pretty excited Light about the lights. <laughs> yeah, about getting uh, one of these kids on the throne. And, you know, she's obsessed, really, with Rhaenyra's children and with the relationship that Viserys and Rhaenyra seem to have. They seem to have a much easier rapport now than they did a while ago because I think they've kind of mind-melded on the thing that's always <laughs> mattered to Viserys, which is duty. And, yeah. And Rhaenyra is really we learned from last episode where she's like, no, Kristen Cole, I will not go marry you randomly and give up my throne are you joking guy yeah settle Um, down another stark contrast between house of the dragon this week and game of thrones is like the easy relationship between rhaenyra and her father and the really uneasy relationship between sansa and Arya and ned uh which they'll never have the chance to repair except in memory it's I so love sad. him and I want to have his babies. We had one nice conversation. <laughs> such a good line. I want to have his babies. Sansa's, oh, Sansa oh, Stark, Sansa Stark oh. start to finish the arc elite character. Uh, so good. I, lo- I love Sansa so much. Sansa, so Septa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. Just, <laughs> like, oh, wait, I just remembered. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> She's such a stereotypical oh. rich girl. It's great. Who just want like she's a teenager. She's full of hormones, and the prince wants to marry her. You mm-hmm. know, she's like great. Yes, everyone's dream. Every single girl <laughs> dreams of this. This is what I want. And I think she says, "I love him, and I want to have his babies." And uh, right. and Arya's like, "Oh, seven hells." Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh god. <laughs> like no wonder Arya and I are so deeply related. Like when that that describe yourself in three fictional characters meme was going around. I was like, it's Arya. Are there others? I mean, yeah. Arya is, is number one. That's fine. Um, extremely relatable as a yeah. person who has absolutely negative desire to be a parent and then watch this episode with two childbirth. Huh? Yeah. In it. Yeah. No more. <laughs> Do we have anything else from the episode that we want to talk about individually before we start getting into some of these superlatives to guide us through the rest of it? We've got a lot of like different titles and points to dole out. We've got MVPs and LVPs. Can that get us the rest of the way through? Mm, yeah, I'm checking. She's checking. <laughs> She's checking. You check. You check. I just think the dialogue in in House of the Dragon has, in general, has nothing on the way that Game of Thrones is. Well, written. I mean, for whatever else he is, like George R. R. Martin is, you know, his dialogue is terrific, uh, and those early seasons of Game of Thrones have it in spades. And House mm-hmm. of the Dragon has a lot of George R. R. Martin's influence, including his like direct involvement as a producer. Um, but he's not sitting there writing out the scripts and the book that he did write has moments, has like, you know, uh, you know, slivers of dialogue studded throughout. And some of that is coming through. And those are probably like some of the best lines of the show. Um, and not to besmirch the writers of the show. I think that they're they're being rather clever in the way that they're adapting the book that they have to adapt. But I think that you're totally right to seize in on which is the show with the better dialogue. It's for sure Game of Thrones. It's Game of yeah. Thrones. Just real a couple quick things before we move on. The first is unbelievable 
pointing out that Renera is le- leaking during the uh, small council meeting. Just an unbelievably petty thing to do. You didn't take it like uh, you've got something in your teeth? You no. You like there's a spinach leaf? No, I, did, I didn't yeah. take it as her meaning to do well. No. Yeah. Um, and a couple theories. The first I already talked about, which is that Helena can see the future. Um, the The next theory is that Lenor, no, sorry. Uh, the the child of Alicent who doesn't have a dragon, Amon. Amon, thank you. Um, is going to get the dragon that once belonged to Lena. Okay. Mm. And the last theory is that I think someone is a warg because the all rat, the rats. Yeah. Yeah. It could just be a metaphor for decay. <laughs> or the fact that you know it's a medieval castle. Yeah. But what if Lara Strong is a ward? Mm. His like his little network of uh maybe he doesn't need He doesn't to... have birds, he has rats. <laughs> he has rats. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't need people to be able to speak because he could just like warg into them and process their thoughts. I don't think that's how warging works. I don't think that's how it works. Okay. <laughs> I think it's just animals. Okay. But yeah, right. possible, possible. Interesting. All right, we can we can do the rest. Let's do the rest. The, let's do the yeah. rest because I'm sure other stuff is going to pop up here as well. All right, let's begin. Uh, let's reset the table here real quick. Uh, so, if my calculations are correct, uh, and I have to admit, I've not been feeling super healthy this week. I've been feeling a little under the weather, and I meant to finish listening to the points section of the Versus podcast last week, but he didn't complete listening to it. So I don't remember if y'all talked about the totals, but we're tied. Yes. We're, we're tied. Yes. Currently tied. House of the Dragon has 17 points. Game of Thrones currently has 17 points. So those are the stakes heading into this. We have the new category from last week, the Kingsguard, uh, giving a point to the Kingsguard generally. This was really Kristen versus Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in episode six, it went to Kristen Cole, the point. Uh, how did you all land there, by the way? <laughs> well, it was because Kristen Cole despite the fact that he committed a hate crime yeah that's my question yeah had a meatier role than jamie and jamie's fight yes but his fight scene with ned specifically got cut off when one of his jamie's people stabbed ned and his fault he was probably gonna win i mean but he's the one who said take down all their people take down all of his men leave him alive it felt to me like this was going to be a Jamie Lannister shutout. So when I logged into the spreadsheet and I saw it went to hate criminal Kristen Cole, I was like, whoa, I'm pretty sure that this uh, category was created to bang on Kristen Cole. But all right, I wasn't here. I mean, we have the rest of the season and sure. probably several more to talk all the crap we want about Kristen Cole and let's. All right. Like, well, let's be, so if it's Kristen versus Jamie this week, Zed, the problem is Jamie's not here. Yeah. I think so, by default you have on, to give it But to honestly, Cole. isn't that better? <laughs> we have <laughs> like uh, non-existence better. Than we have had Kristen moments, I think, where we week. have uh, made this determination before, and I'm not afraid to use that again. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's out there. He's just like riding around. He's probably, you know, uh, just like traipsing around the Riverlands. 
mm-hmm. on horseback. He's got his uh, he has he, he has his vengeance for his brother on his mind. His yeah. name is evoked as somebody who could have stood in for the trial by combat. Uh, and meanwhile, Kristen Cole is just out here being a turd. Yeah. Uh, Ten years have just turned Kristen Cole into like the worst version of this guy. So awful. Yeah. Just terrible. And it, I mean, how does he still have this job? Yeah. Just a reminder, Rhaenyra is the princess and Kristen is walking with the queen and then calls her a see you next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also he punched the future husband of the princess square in the face in public. Like, even if you don't, uh, if the the realm or whomever is like, okay, the hate crime is a mulligan, which of course the realm would decide. Uh-huh, right. That is not my personal opinion. But you they don't punch- know it's a hate crime. To them, it's just a murder. Yeah. I don't know about that. But there okay. are gay people. We don't have those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a phase. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know, he went wild at a, the feast of the wedding of the princess and then punched her future husband in the face. And he some st- somehow still has a job guarding the queen. How does this happen? Yeah. Maybe because Allison is like, oh. He is now anti Rhaenyra, therefore he is pro me. Therefore, yeah, I, I want that, him on my side. I think that's it. The yada yada, the particulars of it, but in the book, effectively, she like vouches hard for for Kristen, and there you go. Uh, so Kristen, and he still was honest with her. She's like, look, Rhaenyra was not honest with me. Kristen was honest with me. Who do I want to place my trust in? Yeah, I'm um, not saying it's the right choice. Yeah, but no, you can I, see I, the know. logic. <laughs> There's a yeah, world in which yeah. Kristen Cole should get a point here because he's still employed a decade later. Just saying, I'm not here to defend <laughs> Kristen Cole. I'm just saying there appears to be some precedent on the board. I'm just there is pre- there is we created the precedent that is true. We weren't looking ahead, I guess, when we created that precedent. I know that that's not something anyone can identify with. No. Um. <laughs> Listen, I didn't think I was coming on this podcast to defend Jamie Lannister, but he has removed himself from the situation. He is off he minding his business elsewhere. From the situation. He's like on the way to fight Rob Stark. Yeah, but he's not in King's Landing at this moment in time. I guess if that's the particular situation that you mean. I kind of feel like it's got to go to Kristen Cole. <laughs> it really does. I think it, it just has to go to it Kristen has Cole. To. I do it with no delight. Episode. I do it with no delight, but I think uh, the point goes to Kristen Cole. Uh, so, Kristen Cole, first point on the board. Uh, we are measuring uh, the queens against each other Alicent versus Cersei. This is Alicent 10 years later. This is an Alicent who kind of uh, has had it with Viserys to a certain degree and really lets him know. Cersei's no stranger to speaking her mind as well towards King Robert. Um, I don't know, Zed, strong thoughts on Alicent versus Cersei in this week's head to head. Cersei gets slapped in the face this episode. She does. She does. does. Yeah. Almost twice. I feel like. Yeah, we're seeing Alicent really come into her own here. She's like, look, I got married to the existing king. I am only queen by marriage. But I think we see her here taking, really taking command of this position. Um, And she's like, I'm not going to have any help from this guy. 
He's he's just here. Uh, it's almost like he's the king and she's the prime minister. Uh, and he is a figurehead. And she's like, I'm going to control what actually happens. I'm going to sit in this council meeting in all my finery and say, we don't have money for this war <laughs> because I need my things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm team Allison on this one. LT, where do you stand? Um, I have to agree just because, you know, for the same reasoning that I gave last week for Kristen Cole, this is a coming out party of sorts for 10 year later, Allison and Olivia Cook is really giving a hell of a performance, uh, and on her, you know, Lady Macbeth BS, <laughs> just really, um, a memorable first outing. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think I'm I'm Team Allison on this one as well. Uh, I always love Lena Headey as Cersei. I just think that this is Olivia Cook's first shot, and unless Cersei had like a really big iconic moment that makes this a harder discussion, like I don't know, Daenerys eating the heart and the golden <laughs> crown of it all, we're gonna have probably a harder conversation there. I think that this is a simpler one. I think that this goes to Olivia Cook. Yeah. All right, so next let's do a battle of the princes. This is going to be Damon versus Joffrey. Joffrey's like most polite young man episode ever. It he's is a, like he's a polite young man. This, this is this may be his peak. Maybe it. This is like when Mark Wahlberg goes to Reese Witherspoon's dad's house for the first time, and Reese Witherspoon's dad is like, "You're not such a bad guy." But when he turns around, uh, Mark Wahlberg turns the clock. And so uh, Reese Witherspoon's dad gets his work in really late as a result. It's just like that situation. It's just like fear. Where where Joffrey like could be taken home and you could think that this is a normal guy instead of somebody who is going to smash his own chest over and over again and write Sansa forever on his chest. Mm-hmm. Ted, have you never seen fear? I don't think I have. Oh. It's a time at the movies. Yeah. <laughs> it is a movie. It's a film that exists. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, so it's Joffrey's polite young man episode, LT versus Damon. Like, I don't know about this anymore. You know, I don't know about I just this got, anymore. I just, got, like, I just got my hair back. <laughs> Look, I got kids. I got I, books. One of the one of the best, but also kind of like vicious, most vicious memes I saw this week. It was Damon sitting down with his two kids after their mother had dragon fired herself to death mm-hmm. and the meme goes do y'all know how to do your hair oh no because let me tell you i sure don't i have no idea he's like all right we're going back to driftmark <laughs> um i love damon i love that he's like checking out the waiter during this dinner I love that he is complaining about what they have to drink there in Pentos. I love that he's just kind of like, I can't really deal with this anymore. I'm getting out of the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I would go for that a million times over this fake veneer of whatever that that sociopath right. Joffrey is putting on for some right. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think my point's going to Joffrey. Uh, so it's going to be a, a tiebreaker decision from Zed. Because Joffrey shows up. He plays a totally different character. He's like, I would never do anything to harm you ever. You're my lady. I love you. And we will be together forever. And I shall protect you. And it's like, this is not good. This is not him. It's a lie. Yeah. 
But it's he's a thirteen-year-old bullshitter. He's a thirteen-year-old bullshitter, but he's thirteen-year-old bullshitting pretty well. Uh, yeah, I mean, because he was just, raised by Cersei Lannister, so of course he is. So that's it, though. Like, I feel like I see Cersei in this moment in such an incredible way that I just love Jack Gleason as Joffrey. He is so deliciously twisted. This scene is actually demented yeah, uh, when he really comes is. to Sansa. So I just don't know that Damon has a thing in this episode that with Joffrey's one scene where he's just being demented by being fake nice uh it's pretty iconic to me i hear you and i think this might be the best choice damon has made up to this point of being like let's totally stay here fair. let's be a f- i'm gonna be a family man we're gonna mm-hmm. raise our children we're happy we're comfortable we don't have to be part of the conflict we can just be here and be happy rich people Minding our own business. Right. Yes. Isn't it refreshing that yeah. people need us for a change? I think yeah. it I think it takes some this will sound counterintuitive, but but I think it takes some courage to make that decision rather than to continue being ambitious and pursuing what society has maybe told you is what you have to have to be successful. He's yeah. like, hey, we can just live here. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they got, they do you see how many books wine. they've got? They got so many books. So yeah. Many books. So I think I'm I'm I think this is Damon's best episode in some ways. The the moment of telling his daughters that their mom died looks like it was pretty uh, brief and not great. Yeah, um, yeah. And again, it does really, look like uh, they they cut some material from that. Feelings, but I still think this is maybe the best he's done. So all far. right, point goes to Damon Targaryen. Now we go a match of the hands: Ned Stark versus Lionel Strong. Only one of them dies in a fire. <laughs> one of them dies in a fire one of them figures out like the key to the puzzle he's been solving this entire time and is, is that a conversation is it if he was smarter i mean this man got to sit on the throne yeah and he made like a you good know? decision he like made like another brave decision like yeah. the mountain sucks we're killing him I don't we're think, gonna do that i don't think he made any good decisions while he was sitting on the throne i think he very well let little finger talk him into just going like making some real l's yeah. in terms of decisions that could get you killed um that being said he doesn't burn to death in a fire that's yeah. true that's 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 very it's a, true it's a big that's a major major point yeah. Ned's column. A huge whiff on Lionel Strong's part, dying in a fire <laughs> when he's representing the, the House of the Dragon hand column. And I love Lionel Strong. I think Lionel Strong's best hand we've ever seen I know. in the Game of Thrones franchise. So of course he had to die in a fire exactly. for exactly. no particular reason except yes. the manipulation of somebody else. Unrelated. Exactly. Correct. Yep. Uh, so I think it's got to go to Ned Stark here. Um, all right. This one I think is hard. This is uh, a match of the heirs. This is Rhaenyra versus Daenerys Targaryen. This is tough this week because it's Emma Darcy's coming out party here on the show, and they're fantastic. I was very, you know, because I'm Millie Alcock, man, famous forever. She was so Mm -hmm. good through these first five episodes. Really tough act to follow. Uh, Emma Darcy killed it. Yeah. They have this voice that's just so commanding, but at the same time could be very sweet and docile. It's Mm -hmm. just masterclass, I think. Really good. Very good. I read a nice um, article about them in Vanity Fair this week, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, that I recommend you check out by uh, Esther Zuckerman. 
that was just published a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, no, I'm really, really impressed. Uh, very impressed with... Uh, talks about the character in a really compelling way um, yeah. as an actor. I think that uh, uh, they're bringing a really, really sharp perspective to Westeros. Mm -hmm. And I feel really good. This was like a big thing. You know, I think that the most difficult thing that this episode had to accomplish beyond like setting us into the story 10 years down the road is like, we just got really very invested in these two young women. Are we like going to connect with them as characters? And I do think, and I've said this on a bunch of the podcasts, that the writing was really, really clear for Rainier and Allison still. For me, I guess maybe a little jury is out on, on Allison for some of us. But I think that the actors, like they walked into it with like very serious clarity of, of vision. Um, and I think Emma Darcy as Rainier stands to be a pretty memorable character. Yeah. That being said, Daenerys Targaryen, not only eats that entire heart uh, with so much pressure. So many people are watching. No performance anxiety. Does it? No problem. Ugh. It's finished. It was gross. Also, I believe uh, that that is uh, she has. Uh, Amelia Clark has talked about that. I think it was like it was like gummy bear consistency and taste. Yeah, and oh. just like taste it like bleach. She's yeah, like... just like super, super, super cornstarchy. Uh, and she did not love doing. God, this somehow that's not better. No. I, know. I know, but but Renera gave birth to a child indeed and then yeah. passed the afterbirth while getting dressed yes and then walked the length of the castle including stairs yeah. to her stepmother's lair so that they could see the baby stepmother's lair yeah lot. one of my favorite lines of the episode was uh princess you should be in bed and she's like yeah i should yeah, yeah i should yeah. <laughs> Rhaenyra Correct. has a lot of a lot of Interesting great dialogue. That you noticed that a lot of great dialogue from Rhaenyra. Uh, some some really fun stuff. She has one line that I won't repeat uh, when uh, Viserys asks her. Oh. I hope that the the labors were too tough. And she says, uh, "I think I called one of the, the midwives." One, yeah, I'll see you next Tuesday. Just the the yeah. the delivery on it was Chef's kiss. Very very good. Uh, yeah. So no question, she she goes through something very physically harrowing in in her very first appearance on the show. Um, Daenerys makes the choice to like fully embrace like yeah let's kill my brother off let's kill that guy yeah. let's let's he's just be done with that he's embarrassing he me is. just put pour the metal on his head and kill him he tried um, to yeah. steal my dragons again I think it <laughs> this was a really interesting thing to go back and revisit LT on the other side of Game of Thrones knowing where Daenerys ultimately goes like this is like a this is a choice and like the way in which she's looking at him like you know, kind of like very, very chill. Like, yeah, fire yeah. can't kill a dragon. He fire can't a dragon. kill a dragon. It's like, oh, so. well, maybe, yeah, you might raise a city to the ground. It's possible. Yeah, yes. Looking, I guess it's possible that looking, you've got that in you. Looking back, you, all of the moments that we were like, yeah, like cheering for <laughs> along the way, like that one, or when she has her dragon set a man on fire so she can take an army, um, you know. <laughs> the signs were there. Yeah. yeah. Was the was the delivery there? No. no. Were the signs there? Totally. Sure. Will it work better in the book? I think probably. Uh should, will the book ever happen? In the no. Book. So yeah. it won't yeah. work sure better won't. In there, probably. Um so the pro the problem here is it's Amelia, it's it's Amelia Clark delivering a really, really strong performance as Daenerys and a really important moment for her as a character. I think one of the defining Daenerys Targaryen moments just yeah. so happens to be stacked up against Emma Darcy's debut as Rhaenyra. Right. It's really tough and I could go either way. Does anyone have a strong feeling about where we're gonna do uh, where we're gonna take this? 
it is it's so tough. difficult. It's tough. Yeah, it is, because that is like a defining it. moment for Daenerys of, yes, I can do, you know, what the Dothraki expect of me. I can become a leader of this, of these people. Uh, and then we will unite the seven kingdoms under the Targaryen banner. Uh, and yes, we will kill my fool of a brother and I will watch because I ordered it. It is my responsibility. And therefore I am not going to look away from the choice that I have made. Um, but boy, yeah. Childbirth, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think I don't know I, what to do here. I would flip a coin if I could. Um, I think the edge just goes to Rhaenyra. I think I was just about just to say the same barely. thing. Because there's going to be so many other moments. I mean, there's presumably going to be so many moments for Rhaenyra. Maybe not. Who knows what's going to happen on House of the Dragon. Um, but there's going to be so many moments for Daenerys, for sure. And I think in like the same vein of uh, Olivia uh, Cook having like a really great breakout turn as Alicent, I feel like I, I think there was such a high degree of difficulty in what um, Emma Darcy had to do. And yeah. I think they nailed it. They nailed um, it. So I'll, I'll, I'll push it over the edge and, and call it for Rhaenyra. Okay. Battle of the Kings. There's uh, Bobby B on a little hunt, just a jaunt through the woods in what George R. R. Martin has described as his least favorite scene, I believe, wow. in all of Game of Thrones. He hates it a lot. He hates it a lot. He's like, that's not how hunts would happen. That's not how they would do that. I think it's how he said it. Uh, and Viserys just slowly rotting away. The slowest march towards death. Yeah. Yes. Uh, when we say the word festering, we Ugh. reserve it for this man. He yep. is festering and yet alive 10 years after he collapsed at Rhaenyra and Laenor's wedding. Surprisingly full of life. Do we not defying science and medicine? Yeah. Yeah. The leeches are working. They're working. Yeah. Uh, He's defying everything, including gravity at this point. Yeah. Nothing could bring him down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because she's just like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to help you anymore if you disagree with me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and he's building his little model. His model's so It's advanced. Big now. It's gotten big. It's gotten big. <laughs> yeah. Model got big. I mean, big. there are no if we could if we could give no points to these two and give points to both Rhaenyra and Daenerys, yeah, exactly. I would do it. But do it. I, I, know. I think it goes to uh to Viserys here. It yeah, yeah, it is a little bit ridiculous that King Robert is just so like in his own world that he doesn't realize even Sir Barristan realizes like this uh, Lancel Lannister is being a little too forward with offering the king more wine. Yeah. Anyone going to notice this? Yeah. No, no is no. the answer. No, the answer is no. Um, all right. So we're going to give it to the Sarah's uh, Targaryen for sure. Um, okay. So now a battle of the endings of each episode. This to me is not a contest. This is Game of Thrones and it's not even close. It's the best baby. Uh, I think the golden crown <laughs> moment is just undeniable. One of the signature moments of season yeah. one. If we are not giving this to Game of Thrones, I really don't know what we're talking about anymore. Crown for king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's iconic. You know, uh, Jason Momoa got like a decade plus of work on this scene. You know? Oh, that's true. So like, this is pretty <laughs> no clear. Complaints. No complaints. <laughs> uh, 
All right, he's, he's and now, look at, so and now we go with uh, just the straight up head to head as an episode six House of the Dragon versus Game of Thrones. House of the Dragon had a much higher degree of difficulty, I think, this week than Game of Thrones episode six did. Then again, Game of Thrones episode six contains at least two really, really iconic moments uh, in the the fight in the veil, the trial by combat as well as the golden crown. Um, so again, I think that this is another tough one. Like my first instinct was like, I think that house of the dragon gets it for me. Cause this was just such a hard episode to do. And I think that they did it pretty, pretty well. I mean, some things that I would change, I think like it was maybe overstuffed and they could have extended it across a couple of episodes. Okay. But there was some iconic stuff happening in it this week. So I don't know the uh, thoughts from Latanya. I think I have to go with house of the dragon for giving us those, two big character introductions in Rhaenyra and not introductions, but continuations, I guess, and Rhaenyra and Allison. And also, you know, I, Lena, long live Lena. Um, I wish that we knew more about her. She seemed really cool. She was flying around nine months pregnant on Dragonback, Mm -hmm. you know, just like four playing with Damon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you do. As you do. Um, As many do, apparently. Apparently. I mean, there were some great moments in Game of Thrones. The the trial by combat, always a favorite. Um, Tyrion confessing, hilarious. Um, and Ned ultimately sitting on the throne and just doing the worst job possible. But I think I have to go with House of the Dragon here. Okay, Zed. Yeah, I I think I liked the Game of Thrones episode better, but I think this was the most compelling episode of House of the Dragon to date. So if we're kind of comparing where we're at in the individual seasons, I would say I think there is higher quality overall in Game of Thrones, but I think this is the superior episode of House of the Dragon. Yeah. So... It's, it's a little bit grading on different fields, but I would give it to House of the Dragon as well. All right. Well, with that said, and if I've mathed on the podcast correctly, which is always dangerous choice. that I have not. Um, certainly, even if I mathed incorrectly, House of the Dragon is currently ahead of Game of Thrones in the season one battle. House of the Dragon has 23 points to Game of Thrones' 19 points. That is wow. where we stand. House of the Dragon cleaned up this week. Uh, lots of big wins for House of the Dragon. Um, all right. Next order of business, last order of business, is to do the MVPs and LVPs from this episode of House of the Dragon. So we've got House of the Dragon MVPs to award first. Zed is our guest. Would you like to, to uh, pop this off? Oh, gosh. Uh, how many do we do? Three? You'll get one MVP one. point. One MVP point for House of the Dragon, one LVP point, plus the same for Game of Thrones. Uh, okay. I think it goes to Rhaenyra, and I think it's it's not close. Yeah. Personally. Rhaenyra gets a point from Zed. Any yes. need to elaborate, or is this just open? I think I think we've talked about it at, at length. Mm-hmm. All, yeah. of, <laughs> all of the th- particularly in our Rhaenyra versus Daenerys discussion. LT, MVP. Seven Hells uh, has to be Rhaenyra. Oh, 
Rhaenyra. Okay, Rhaenyra gets another MVP point. Any elaboration that you'd like to do there? Um, just that bitch, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just generally being that bitch. That I got. Um, all right. Just well, to say me... goodbye to her lover, the the father of I her know. children. We didn't even talk the about father, that. Like they didn't even get a kiss. You want to no. talk about that super quick? Yes. Yeah. I was like sitting in that moment being like, you can't even like physically say goodbye to him. You have to just stand there and say it and watch him walk away. That is so difficult. Yeah. Like and unbelievably like, difficult. Your oldest son now She's knows like, that that's my dad. That right? my dad? Yeah. And now he's dead. Yeah. It's horrible. And okay. I know we don't get this in the show, but in the books, Renera was really close to Lena as well. So. Yes, correct. Oh, yeah, missed opportunity. That would have been give great. me that friendship. Yeah, right? yeah. Cut all the men out of this show. Just give me <laughs> Lena, Rhaenyra, and Allison. I just Viserys is on the throne, being like, wait, don't cut anything else. Yeah, off. we'll keep Viserys just because he'll be oh, gone fine. soon enough. <laughs> but the rest of them can go. Um, my MVP point. Let me just put on my green hoodie here Uh-oh. real quick. I'll keep it competitive. Wow. Allison Hightower. I'm going to give you a point. Allison's great. I think Olivia Cook is really great. I think Allison is a really compelling character. Yes. Rainier is a much flashier character, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, but I think Allison is, uh, is, is so complicated. And I think that... Once we were invited into her perspective a bit more, and I think that's an ongoing process in a way that for Rainier, I think we're in. Like, I think we know who Rainier is. I think we're still learning who Allison is. So there's something active about that character. Like, she's growing in a lot of ways that I find fascinating. I think Allison's one of my favorite characters on the show, and I thought totally that this was a really great. good episode for her. Um, I will give my LVP point. Now we'll boomerang back. I hate Kristen Cole. And I wasn't here last week to give him an LVP point. I shall do it this week. Oh, actually, I did. I did. I, in absence, yeah, I gave him a... Well, I'll do it again. <laughs> I'll do it again. I think Fabian Frankel's great, though. I think he's really good at the character. Like, I think he's doing a great job. I think he turned the the like, the like volume in like the totally other direction in a way that like, felt like real. It felt like this is like the same person just on a new scale that sucks. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's doing great. He's doing so well that I just hate him so much as this character. So, Kristen Cole, I will give uh, an LVP point to. Latanya, who do you will? Who are you giving your LVP point? Part of me really wants to give it to Kristen Cole, but another part of me wants to give it to Lara Strong. Ooh, because like, what did they do to you guys? <laughs> They didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. This was for the possibility of favor, assuming that Alicent would continue to keep you around, I guess, because she has a habit of keeping murderers around. Yeah. So, yeah. Just and also because it means that we'll never get to see what the relationship between Renera and Breakbones was you'll have to read the book yeah well clearly they obviously loved each other they have three children together Mm. so yeah laris and then you gave out those honeycomb pins and cut (laughs) off tongues what are you doing Mm -hmm. yeah fair uh zed an lvp point for house of the dragon who do you got 
Uh, I think it goes to Papa Strong because I think he should oh, not have, he no. should not have renounced his position. I think that's part of the problem. Oh, I think no. he would not have been in this situation if he if he had stayed as the hand of the king. Uh-huh. That's very true. And he died. Oh, and like a little bit I along know. your own logic on down the hatch of MVP and LVP, not just the, that he died, but that Laris would almost get an MVP because he did the thing. Yeah, he did do the He's thing. He's doing he the, the, the little finger character very well. Yeah. yeah. Should we have that as a new category of uh, Laris Best versus Littlefinger? Yeah. Well, who's it's like Laris versus Littlefinger and Varys. Unfair. It's just not going to work out for yeah, Laris. Right. Not yet, anyway. Uh, so I don't think it's really worth it yet. Um, okay. Wow. That zeroes Lionel Strong out. He is no Very longer sorry, represented on the strong. board. Oh. I appreciate the reasoning, and I think it's fair. Uh, Zed, you want to give us a Game of Thrones MVP? Oh boy. Gosh, my instinct is always immediately Arya, but Arya. she did not have enough to do this episode. <laughs> I just like want to give her all the MVP points in life. Um, let's give the MVP point to Daenerys here. We didn't give her the point in the competition, uh, but she accomplishes a lot in this episode that is going to really propel her forward in her journey. Would Would you believe it, Latanya, that this is Daenerys's first MVP point of wow. the whole season so far? I'm not surprised, honestly, because she hasn't had a ton to do yet. Yeah, he's just sort of been pushed around up to this point. Yeah, of like, you will do bag. the bidding of Viserys, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And now she comes and your into husband. her own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Latanya, who do you got? Uh, MVP for GOT. Yep, <sighs> probably Tyrion. You love Tyrion. I so really much. do. I love he's him so much. Character. It's just really with the is. exception of one week. All of your MVP points have gone. <laughs> is that I true? have the receipts. That's I'm looking at funny. it. Oh, one no. week, one week, you gave it half to Jon Snow and half to Tyrion, oh, and then no. last week you gave it to Arya. <laughs> Every other week you have given it to Tyrion. I'm really like my my true colors just are showing. You know. I'm just it's, letting you know it's becoming a problem. Yeah. <laughs> we love Peter Dinklage around these. Parts. I really love Peter yeah. Dinklage. Um. Braun showed up on my screen this week, so he gets yeah. an MVP. Hell yeah. yeah. Great choice. Yeah. Um, I uh, give my MVP points without honor. Uh, <laughs> that's how I do this. Uh, my LVP for Game of Thrones this week. I mean, like, it has to go to Viserys, right? What a doof. Uh, just like a total <laughs> maroon going in there and just like, you don't go around Vias Dothrak with a sword with on a sword. your belt, number one. That right. was like the one rule they told you. Like, don't do that. Number two, you don't step up to Jorah Mormont like that. You're not going to win in a fight with Jorah. Nope. Number three, you definitely don't step up to Khal Drogo like that. That is not the way you behave in life. You have a literal death wish. Yeah. And you died in the most metal way. I have to say, this one is more metal. Uh, so I think Viserys Targaryen from Game of Thrones, uh, as he is just uh, continuously in free fall here uh, in the LVP section. Uh, Latanya, who's your LVP? I think I'm going to go with Viserys as well yeah. because it's the last opportunity to give him an LVP point. And I just need. Viserys to know mm-hmm. that he deserves them all. Yes. You know? Yeah. Zed, who do you got? Uh, gosh, I'm I'm torn between piling on as well 
or giving it to Ned. Uh, I was close to Ned. I was close to giving right, it to Ned. All right, then we we'll kind of we kind of do Ned love here. a Ned Stark LVP point around. Josh this. thinks he, I'm too hard a, on Ned. Not a great episode <laughs> of him, and his daughters are just like throwing it back in his face. Yeah, he's getting dumped on for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, so uh, Ned Stark is the current second place LVP, if you can believe it. Oh, he's poor one, guy. He's one above Joffrey right now. <laughs> That's brutal. Yeah. That's not fair. That's tough. That's a tough look. It's really rough. Uh, Viserys Targaryen. Joffrey is going to have a lot of work cut out for him, uh, and he's going to have Sir Illyn do that work uh, if he is going to catch Viserys Targaryen, who dies with negative four and a half. Where did the half point come from? Uh, somewhere along the way, he accumulated a 0.5. I don't remember how that happened, but it did. Uh, I'll check the math, but either way, it's definitely a negative four uh, for Viserys Targaryen. Uh, Tyrion is continuing his charge as the clubhouse leader of the MVPs with 4.5 with Arya Stark, uh, closest competitor at three. Everybody else in the MVPs either has one or a half because we've done some half points. Jon Snow with a half point. Jon Snow absent from two episodes of Game of Thrones in a row. Imagine telling someone that uh, having watched all of Game of Thrones afterwards, like, wait, there were two episodes in a row where Jon Snow wasn't in it? Was it the ones where he was dead? No, (laughs) he's alive. (laughs) He's alive. Yeah. Yeah. They Uh, just left him at the wall, you know? Yeah. Um, Theon Greyjoy is kind of in that not a Stark, but a Stark position. Sure. In this episode, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, I think that's I think that's correct. Um, Rhaenyra Targaryen is the House of the Dragon MVP with some uh, some room right now at four above the Queen who never was, Rhaenys Targaryen with two. Uh, and in the LVPs, Kristen Cole is knocking on King Viserys's door, but he's not quite there yet. Negative two for Sir Kristen versus negative three for Viserys, and that's where we stand. And that's where we conclude our versus podcast for the week. Zed, how'd we do? Did we have fun? I had a great time. Uh, I've never gotten to talk about Game of Thrones on a podcast before. Did you like it? I did. I enjoyed it very much. Do you love it? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I do voices sometimes, and that's one of them I like to do. But do you? (laughs) LT, did you have fun? I love getting to talk to you, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am always having fun, you know? <laughs> That's just, I bring the I'm convinced. Party. I'm convinced. Oh. Um, I also had a great time here closing out a really fun week of House of the Dragon discussions. Uh, lots going on on the Dragon Show. Brooklyn Zed, you are elsewhere on Yon Internets beyond this Game of Thrones podcast. And indeed, even here on Post Show Recaps in a totally different fantasy realm than this one why don't you tell the people what you're up to and where they can find you and talk to you about things yeah you can find me talking about the final fantasy the last of all fantasies Ooh. but the, the seventh of the seventh of the seventh of the last the final uh yes as you probably know once upon a time josh wiggler and i started podcasting about final fantasy 7 as i played through it for the first time i have now been taking our dear friend adam along on his journey through the fir- his first playthrough of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I recently beat the game for a third time over on twitch.tv slash hardrockhope, where currently you can catch me playing Persona 5 Royal. Uh, I'm How far into Persona 5 game. are you? 
I've I'm starting my third palace, the okay. floating bank situation. Yeah. Uh, I like that love one. human ATMs. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so if you want to know what that's about, it's a it's a wild game. I'm having a great time. Twitch.tv slash Hard Rock Hope. Or you can find me yelling about politics and occasionally Survivor at Hard Rock Hope on Twitter. Uh, that's about it these days. Latanya? I, too, love human ATMs. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me. Is that like abbreviated for humans at the moment? Because <laughs> it could change at any time. Yeah, it could change at literally any time. On this show. Um, it, it should be. Um, you can find me here or um, on the Atlanta podcast, where we podcast about the show Atlanta with the We Got Y'all crew. Um, or you could find me over with the folks um, talking about Andor. Um, Andor rocks. Yeah. It's really good, it's y'all. It's like I know that that the numbers have been a little bit lower in terms of even just people covering this show. Yeah. But if you're not watching Andor, great show. You definitely should. If great you show. like um Pina espionage, <laughs> yeah. If you like pina coladas, that that's there's a different show for you probably. But if you like spy novel, espionage, trade craft kind of stuff. And you want to see some people really get down to the nitty gritty and do some uh, some special ops, then you will like this show a lot. Um, and I will be appearing on Post Show Recaps Theater this coming week, talking about Blonde, which is a movie. Oh, I had to think about that for a second. That's the Marilyn Monroe movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it is a movie, huh? Oh my god. <laughs> that's my initial review it's just like seven hells uh-huh. you know <laughs> yeah oh. that could have been another name for house of the dragon blonde yeah. seven hells <laughs> oh seven hells too yeah. um and then you can find me on um instagram at stormborn 1222 some of you have been following me there and you can find me on twitter for the most part, which I am on way too much at LK Starks, where I'll be talking about all of this stuff and where you can find me as well. Amazing. I'm on Twitter at Round Howard. I think an appropriate amount these days, uh, which is to say <laughs> not that much, uh, but I'm there and I'm retweeting post show recap stuff. So if we've got things going on on the podcast, you will find out as I retweet them. But of course, you can be following at post show recaps itself. Uh, in order to make sure you do not miss anything. And of course, you could subscribe to the House of the Dragon podcast feed when you uh, look for House of the Dragon post-show recaps in your podcatcher of choice. Our RSS link is postshowrecaps.com slash dragon. Our email address, got at postshowrecaps.com if you like it, dragon at postshowrecaps.com if you don't. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Latanya, well, we got some really lovely feedback this week. Did uh, we? There was some really great week uh, from Aaron. This was from Aaron who had written in this week, Zed, if you want to hear this feedback that we got. The subject line was, can I just say that Latanya Starks is a gem? Uh, And the email said, I particularly relish the chemistry and camaraderie between Latanya and Josh, but I also just love her voice and presence overall. Please involve her in as many post-show recaps podcasts as possible. That is all. Smiley face, Aaron. Well, Erin, now you know where to find her. So yeah. many Thank places. Thank you, Erin. I'm so happy that you're listening and that you don't find my voice as annoying as I find it. 
<laughs> Incredible. Uh, well, uh, if you want more Latanya Starks podcast, I think uh, you're going to get your wish. So uh, just stay tuned to that post show recaps main feed. You can subscribe there as well. If you want to hang out with all three of us, plus others from post show recaps, you can sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash post show recaps. Hey, we've turned two. We're celebrating two years <laughs> of existence. The post show recaps patron program in the month of October. Great time to sign up if you just want to say hi and hey, thanks for the podcast. We would love to see you. Uh, no pressure either way, but just letting you know that is a thing. We're going to close it down now. Next up on House of the Dragon is episode seven, Driftmark. Mike Bloom and Grace Leader will be up on Sunday night to give you that immediate recap once the episode ends. And then this party starts all over again. We'll have a whole mess of podcasts around House of the Dragon in your feed next week. So stick around. We will have more House of the Dragon for you in just a little while. Until then, everybody, take care. Bye-bye.